the Public News Service Joe Newscast, July the 6th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. The fate of more than 600,000 dreamers hangs in the balance, as opening statements are heard today in a case that could make or break the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, or DACA, program. The Justice Department is appealing a decision last summer that declared DACA illegal. Now the three-judge panel of the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans will decide whether to uphold or reject that summary judgment or order a full trial. Attorney Nina Perales with the Mexican-American Legal Defense Fund says the state of Texas, which sued to block DACA, should not have standing to sue because it cannot prove the state has been harmed. Texas has not been able to point to any employers that Texas says hired a DACA recipient instead of a U.S. citizen. Texas was never able to identify a dollar of state money that went to a DACA recipient. I'm Suzanne Potter. Right now, current DACA recipients are allowed to stay and renew their work permits, but no new applications are being processed. At the same time, our Congress has been unable to forge a consensus on immigration reform or a path to citizenship for DREAMers. Today is a deadline for Missouri residents to make sure they are registered to vote if they want to cast a ballot in the August primary. Eligible voters can register or update their voter registration by filling out an application and submitting it online by mail or in person. Forms being submitted by mail need to be postmarked by today, the fourth Wednesday before the election. Marilyn McLeod with the League of Women Voters of Missouri points out a bill was signed into law this session tightening the requirements for acceptable voter IDs, but it doesn't go into effect in time for the August election. The August election will use the rules that you have a variety of possible IDs to use when you vote. They could be a driver's license, a state ID the card that you get from your election authority, student IDs. However, by the time the November election comes around, there will be more limitations on voter IDs. McLeod adds that while any voter could cast a mail-in ballot in 2020 because of the pandemic, that won't be the case this year. And police officials in suburban Chicago said they had seized 16 knives, a dagger and a sword in 2019 from a man who was charged Tuesday with seven counts of murder in connection with the deaths of seven people at a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, Illinois. That from the New York Times. The Times reports Deputy Chief of the Lake County Sheriff's Office said officials had seized those weapons from the man, Robert Cremo III, after a family member told officers in April 2019 he planned to kill everyone. This is PNS. Starting this month, chemical companies will resume being taxed for cleanup of areas with a lot of leftover toxic waste, also known as Superfund sites. On July 1st, the tax was reinstated after it was allowed to expire in the mid-1990s. The recent changes were authorized under the bipartisan infrastructure law signed by President Joe Biden. Emily Rogers with the Public Interest Research Group says for a quarter century, the program languished by leaning on taxpayers as opposed to having the industry foot the bill. The funds that were used to clean up Superfund sites dropped precipitously, and with that drop, also the number of sites that were cleaned up each year dropped precipitously. Iowa has 11 sites on the national priorities list. Supporters say the tax will provide $14 billion over the next decade to accelerate this work. Industry groups lobbied against the move, 
and Perg anticipates similar opposition amid efforts to reinstate a tax for petroleum companies. I'm Mike Moen. And a four-year project to map big game routes throughout the West will end without additional funds from Congress. Since 2018, the United States Geological Survey has mapped wildlife migration corridors using radio collaring of big game species, such as mule deer, pronghorn, and moose. Glenn Harper with the Department of Natural Resources in New Mexico says the maps help experts understand patterns of specific herds, which allows proactive management. If you know that there's a corridor in an area that you can mitigate your actions to protect, then you're way ahead of the curve instead of coming back later and being like, oh my, we did something wrong here. The USGS has previously received up to $5 million in annual congressional appropriations to develop the maps, but the Biden administration zeroed out funding for next year's Budget. I'm Roz Brown. Finally, our Lily Bokey tells us as states ban abortion with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, women's advocates in New York and beyond are raising awareness of the outsized impact these policies will have on black women. The Congressional Caucus on Black Women and Girls has created a legislative agenda for putting black women at the center of these policy discussions to address their long-standing economic barriers. Asla Altarafi, with the group Liberation in a Generation, co-chaired the working group that put together the report. They say dismantling every structure of oppression is necessary to create collective economic prosperity and to strengthen democracy. It is futile to singularly focus on just closing racial gaps, whether it's wealth or health or housing or education, unless they are also willing to uproot and dismantle the primary causes of those inequities in the first place. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member analysts are supported on great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, and you can find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.